The impact of the fall of Afghanistan on the world travel and tourism industry. World Tourism Network President Dr. Peter Tarlow is a global expert in the travel and tourism industry. Having Kabul fall into the hands of the Taliban is a major worry also for the global travel and tourism industry and World Tourism Network members in 128 countries there can be little doubt that historians will debate the follies of both U.S. and European policies vis-a-vis Afghanistan for decades to come. Multiple nations have attempted to subdue Afghanistan, from the ancient Chinese to the British, from the Russians to the Americans. In all cases Afghanistan has lived up to its reputation as the graveyard of empires. The recent fall of Kabul is only the latest in Western failures and from a geopolitical perspective this defeat's impact will be felt for years or decades to come. It should not be surprising to anyone that the impact of events during the last few days, starting on August 14, might well also impact the world of tourism in ways not yet understood or assimilated by tourism industry officials. The former president of Afghanistan took as much money as he could before he fled his country, and hours before the Taliban were able to stop him. Him and his family is now safe in Abu Dhabi and was welcomed in the United Arab Emirates, a major travel and tourism destination on humanitarian grounds. This now completely destroys the fragile structure of security the Western world had constructed in Afghanistan. Yet despite the fact that there is much we will need to learn about the latest Afghan debacle it is important that political experts, public policy officials and tourism scientists develop an understanding of how a relatively small and poor nation has played, and might in the future continue to play, such a major role on the world stage and also in world tourism. To understand what the Kabul debacle means we need to examine the country both from a geographic and historical perspective. Real estate agents often cite the refrain that there are only three words that determine the value of a piece of property. These words are, location, location, and location, in other words in the world of real estate location is everything. To a great extent we can say the same thing about nations. Much of a nation's destiny is determined by where it is located in the world. For example, the American nations, and the United States in particular, have had a huge advantage in that they are separated from Europe by an ocean. The United States' lack of hostile borders has meant that the U.S. has had the luxury of what we might call splendid isolation. Its natural borders, as distinct from many European nations that live with multiple borders in relatively close proximity, serve not only to protect many of the American nations from military invasions but until the onset of COVID also from medical illnesses. Although the late 20th century and the 21st century have seen a decline in this geographic advantage due to mass tourism and the current U.S. administration's lack of desire to protect the U.S. southern border, the principle still holds true. Canada has had the advantage of having a long peaceful border with the U.S. which has permitted Canada to expend minimal resources on military defense. Afghanistan is a completely different situation. This landlocked nation is in the heart of what historians call the Silk Roads. To a great extent these are the lands in the heart of the world, and it is in these lands that much of the world's economic history has occurred. Afghanistan not only sits in the middle of the Silk Roads, but the nation is also incredibly rich in mineral resources. According to Peter Frankopan citing the U.S. Geological Survey reports that Afghanistan is rich in copper, iron, mercury, and potash. The nation also has major reserves on what is known as rare earths. These earth include lithium, beryllium, niobium, and copper. 
With the fall of Kabul these rare minerals and valuable substances are now in the Taliban's hands and these mineral have the potential to make the Taliban incredibly rich. We should not be surprised if the Taliban do not use this economic windfall as a way to further their stated objective of creating a worldwide Islamic caliphate. Few Westerners and even fewer tourism officials understand the value of these rare earths and minerals and the fact that China also possesses large quantities of many of these substances. We use these substances in everything from computer production to talcum powder. This control over rare and necessary minerals and rare earths means that a Taliban-Chinese alliance becomes a new challenge for Western nations and by extension their tourism industries. Kabul's fall also has a political crisis. Its conquest greatly increases not only the Taliban's prestige but that of numerous other terrorism and insurgency groups around the world. From this perspective the conquest of Kabul, and by extension Afghanistan, is a symbol for anyone who opposes European and American influence and power of what they perceive as the West's long road to self-destruction. This symbolism is especially powerful as the Taliban captured Kabul just a few weeks prior to the 20th anniversary of September 11, 2001. The fact the Taliban flag now flies over the former U.S. Embassy speaks volumes to people throughout the developing world. The symbolism throughout much of the Middle East and the nations of the Silk Roads could not be more poignant. Due to the United States and its allies abandoning the Bagram airfield some of 20 years after the attacks on New York and Washington, Westerners, and their Afghan allies are reduced to imploring the Taliban for safe passage to the only airport out of which they can fly to safety. Tourism has long been an industry in which many women have held prominent positions. Women in a Taliban-dominated Afghanistan are sure to lose even their most basic rights. Women's groups around the world not only worry about the safety and freedom of Afghan women but also have noted the silence of the first U.S. female president. As of August 19, Vice President Harris has not made a public pronouncement regarding the state of insecurity in which millions of women now find themselves. From the perspective of the United States and Europe the fall of Kabul could not have come at a worse time. Western national economies are reeling from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. The United States, and much of Europe, is suffering from inflation caused by overspending. This overspending first occurred during the Obama administration, then continued during the Trump administration and has now greatly increased during the current Biden administration. The fact that the United States is spending trillions of dollars of money that it does not have means that the nation is less able to deal with international crises and potential military threats. Additionally, the woke cancel culture, seen in much of the world as mere political rot or social decay, means that the West's focus is on inconsequential internal matters rather than on economic and political threats. Perhaps nothing speaks to this internal weakness and its impact on tourism more than the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. This crisis should not be seen as separate from the fall of Kabul. As perhaps almost 2 million illegal immigrants cross the U.S.-Mexico border, the nation's border patrol is overwhelmed and understaffed. Not only do refuges cross this border but many of them are ill with COVID and none are vetted. How many coming into the U.S., and now once again Europe, may be stealth terrorists is unknown. As crime increases tourism will once again suffer. Border control agents may also feel the impact of COVID-29. Many of whose agents are now sick with COVID. What we do not as yet know is how many unvetted migrants may also be part of terrorist sleeper cells that can be turned against nations in Europe and the United States and creating another 9-11 tourism crisis. 
Possible implications of the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan. It is of course too soon to realize the full extent of the consequences of the Taliban victory not only on world politics but also on tourism. We should remember that tourism is a byproduct of world's political situation. Although tourism promotes peace, it also needs peace in order to thrive or merely survive. Wars, human rights violations, illnesses, and natural disasters all dissuade visitors from coming to a specific location. Below are some of the things that the tourism industry might expect from the poorly executed U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Although few would argue that after a 20-year war and the loss of trillions of dollars and thousands of lives it was time to leave, the U.S. withdrawal's poor execution will be seen as American weakness and ineptitude around the world. Major politicians from U.S. allies such as the United Kingdom and Germany have called this NATO's greatest military defeat and wonder about the U.S. resolve to be a world leader. Both China and Russia will applaud the Taliban's victory and will see the Western nation's defeat as a way to control the region's natural resources. The overspending on the part of the current U.S. administration means greater dependency on China and the U.S. government's inability to stand up to the Chinese. This in turn will lead to an eventual lowering of Western standards of living and a pulling back of expendable income expenses such as tourism. The control of major resources by the Taliban can easily translate into acts of well-funded terrorism around the world and especially against the tourism industry we should expect to see new outbreaks of violence around the world. China might well attack Taiwan and seek dominance over the entire eastern Pacific region. Tourism in this region can become totally dominated by the Chinese and countries such as North Korea might become emboldened to act in a reckless manner. Latin American nations such as Venezuela might see the Taliban victory and potential largesse as reasons to export revolution to other Latin American nations, thus causing a decline in tourism the West's ability to deal with Iran will be weakened and we should not be surprised to see the Taliban terrorist state collaborate with Iranian hardliners, especially in the face of weak U.S. administration Europe should expect an increase in unvetted refugees who will continue to make Europe less safe and less attractive to visitors. The result will be a decline in European living standards and quality of life. Due to an unprotected southern border, the U.S. might well suffer from higher rates of communitive diseases, and a post-Taliban national malaise. Even if there is not a repeat of terrorism due to the open border policies now in place, tourism might well suffer from the U.S. population's continual loss of faith in government. Were there to be additional major terrorism attacks, these attacks coupled with the fact that the tourism industry has not yet recovered from the COVID pandemic could easily result in multiple tourism industry bankruptcies and necessitating more needs for increased government bailouts and a further decline of the overall tourism industry. There can be no doubt that the fall of Kabul might become a metaphor for the fall of the tourism industry. On the other hand it can also be a wake-up call and a way in which the West comes together, works together and creates the conditions for an expanded tourism industry and greater safety and security. Let's hope that we have learned the lessons of the last few days and seek new ways to renew our strength and moral fortitude. In reality we in the tourism industry have no alternative. Join WTN click here. World Tourism Network, WTN, is the long-overdue voice of small and medium-sized travel and tourism businesses around the world. By uniting our efforts, we bring to the forefront the needs and aspirations of small and medium-sized businesses and their stakeholders. World Tourism Network emerged out of the Rebuilding.Travel discussion. The Rebuilding.Travel discussion started on March 5, 2020 on the sideline of ITB Berlin. 
ITB was cancelled, but Rebuilding.Travel launched at the Grand Hyatt Hotel in Berlin. In December Rebuilding.Travel continued but was structured within a new organization called World Tourism Network, WTN. By bringing together private and public sector members on regional and global platforms, WTN not only advocates for its members but provides them a voice at the major tourism meetings. WTN provides opportunities and essential networking for its members in 128 countries. More information including membership in World Tourism Network visit www.wtn.travel.